A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. A shoot shall come out from the stock of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
Gospel of John. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. Hear what the spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks Thanks be to God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
steadfast courage of thy servant, Absalom Jones, we may show forth in our lives the reconciling love and true freedom of the children of God, which thou hast given us in thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. This evening we welcome as our preacher the Reverend Dr. Shantian Monroe, uh, who is the senior pastor at uh, Plymouth Church, Shaker Heights. She has done this service many more times than I have. Um, and so I'm just learning that it, it now falls to me to share with you the good news of the night, which is the soup selection. Uh, we will please join us afterwards for lentil vegetable over in, um, I can't even remember the name of the hallway anymore. We, we, Cathedral Hall. Cathedral Hall? Is that where we're going? No, I don't think we're going to Cathedral Hall. We're going to, what's that? CD. CD, conference room CD. Do you remember when you were two months into your job and you didn't know where anything was? Absolutely. That's, that's where we are. I'm so glad you're here and can show us how things are done. We welcome you, and we're very glad you're here. Well, good evening. Good evening. It is such a pleasure to be with you again. Um, I want to express my thanks to Todd Wilson for year after year inviting me to participate in this. It's very kind of you Episcopalians to make a low church congregationalist feel so welcome. And I'm also grateful to Todd for the exquisite experience of the music of this worship service, which for me is always a holy, holy experience. And what a treat to meet your new dean of the cathedral, uh, BJ. We went to the same seminary, but are separated by just a few years, I'm sure, just a few. Tonight, I want to begin by letting you know immediately that I'm not going to talk about Valentine's Day. Even though it is February 13th and the temptation is strong, 
I have a problem generally with Valentine's Day, which I to believe to be a conspiracy between American Greetings Hallmark and the floral industrial complex. <laughs> Although it's tempting to talk about it because I think there's something powerful and uniting about the experience of Valentine's Day. It is an equal opportunity disaster. <laughs> Whether you are single, married, or partnered, whether you are gay, straight, or anything in between, there is nothing like the heightened expectations of Valentine's Day to make you, yes you, feel like you have failed <laughs> inadequately at love. Here's a box of chocolates I picked up at the gas station. I don't want to talk about Valentine's Day. Instead, I want to talk to you tonight about Absalom Jones. One of the gifts for me of coming to preach at this service is that I'm always introduced to another figure in your Episcopal pantheon of saints. And it's been fascinating getting to know this person. I see that Absalom Jones is celebrated on February 13th, for this is his death day and that he was the first African-American Episcopal priest. If you know anything about him, you know that he was born into slavery in Delaware in 1746, if you can imagine that, long before even dreams of this being a free country came about. And his story is such that when he was 16, he and his mother and his siblings were sold from the person who owned them in Delaware, and they were sold to a farmer who was a nearby neighbor. But that farmer decided soon after to give up farming to go and become a merchant in Philadelphia, but he did not need so many servants, and so he actually sold all the members of Absalom Jones's family except him. I do not know from the record if he ever saw them again. I just know that Jones ended up in Philadelphia, owned by another person, enslaved by another man. His story goes on, obviously. His story goes on and it becomes such that eventually he gains his freedom and he unites with another person who is a freed slave and they form the Free African Society. It was first thought to be a non-denominational mutual aid society meant to assist to promote those who had gained their freedom, African Americans, and that they would, they would then be better prepared to live this new life without the fetters of slavery. Later, Jones decided that the Methodist Church was not living up to his hopes as an inclusive community. There was racial discrimination even in a church that was founded on the abolitionist principles, and so Jones started holding religious services through the Free African Society. And after a successful petition, the African Episcopal Church of St. Thomas, the first black church in Philadelphia, opened its doors in 1794. Jones was ordained as a deacon, in 1795 and was ordained as a priest in 1802. It's quite a legacy. 
The part that caught my attention, though, was the document that was published not long after St. Thomas opened its doors. It was a little pamphlet called The Causes and Motives for Establishing St. Thomas's African Church of Philadelphia, and it was their intent, so it read, to arise out of the dust and shake ourselves and throw off that servile fear that the habit of oppression and bondage trained us in. That we would rise up and shake ourselves from the oppressions and fetters that hold us still. They were working with people who were moving from slavery, enslavement, servanthood to a freedom that they had never imagined. And now suddenly we hear the words of Jesus in John's Gospel speaking to the disciples. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. The word that scripture translates here as friend, philos, is from the verb to love. The word friend literally means the beloved one, the one who is loved. When Jesus speaks to the disciples in this new moment, this last discourse before the end, he speaks to them as those whom he loves. Do you hear that? Jesus speaks to the disciples, not just in this particular historical incident, but all the disciples as those whom he loves. It's not that we love Jesus. We do. Why else would we show up on a Wednesday night? It's that Jesus loved us. The disciples in every place and time are the beloved of Christ, and it is the result of God's grace, and we are so so very blessed by it. But this passage from John is not simply about Jesus changing the minds of those who were once enslaved to sin and are now free and beloved. Rather, there was a second piece to it, that once they understood themselves as the beloved of Christ, then they too were to act as Christ had acted, to pour themselves out without regard for their own lives, but to pour themselves out in love for others, for those whom they loved, all God's children. And now I find myself back to the story of Absalom Jones. As I studied the history and legacy of this man, there was one detail that struck me. It was that in 1770, while Absalom was still living as an enslaved person, he married an enslaved woman who was owned by a neighbor. Her name was Mary King. In 1770, they married, and for years after that, Jones gathered donations and took out loans and squirreled away money so that in 1778 he could purchase not his own freedom, but that of his wife. He bought his wife's freedom 
because according to colonial law, children took on the status of their mother. So if you were born to an enslaved person, you yourself would be enslaved. He gathered this money together and made this sacrifice, not just for the woman he loved, but for the children that were to come. He petitioned for his own freedom from the person who currently held him. But it was another six years before he could breathe the air as a free man. What a story of love. It reminds me of the sacrifice of Jesus. Without regard for his own life, without regard to its own cost, he gained the freedom of all of us for no reason other than love. I think about the story of Absalom Jones and what he did for his life. I think about what Jesus has done for us. I think about the change in status we have in Christ from those who are servants, those who are enslaved to sin, those who do not breathe free. And I realize that today, February 13th, is a celebration of the kind of love that Valentines can only dream about. We are the beloved of Christ. And so we are able to pour ourselves out completely and fully and without condition. That is a message to carry for tomorrow. Amen.
Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope, that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. O Lord, support us all the day long until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes and the busy world is hushed and the fever of life is over and our work is done. Then in your mercy grant us a safe lodging and a holy rest and peace at the last. Amen. On page three, let us say together the collect prayer number five. Bring us, O Lord God, at our awakening into the house and gate of heaven, to enter into that gate and dwell in that house, where there shall be no darkness or dazzling, but one equal light, no noise or silence, but one equal music, no fears nor hopes, but one equal possession, no ends or beginnings, but one equal eternity in the habitations of thy glory and dominion, world without end. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. May the peace of God, which passes all our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Hymn 671. <laughs> 